please enjoy the music while your party's being reached. Okay, we're recording. You are consenting to being recorded. Yeah, there's a new thing on Zoom where it's like, nice recording in Prague. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, hi, Alex. Thanks for coming on the show. Hi, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I've been like dodging the rain in New York all day, just kind of like going out as much as possible because it's like thunderstorming and then not and i just feel like i've been cooped up for a while so uh i was out you know, for a big a summer guy um i mean i look forward to it all year then it rolls around and i'm like this actually kind of sucks i sweat <laughs> a lot i look really dumb in summer clothes and it's just really challenging are you yeah, at, what, it's, like it's always do depressing you like summer <laughs> you know summer is very depressing i hate it worst season of the year yeah, I'm like a fall guy, and that makes sense because I'm like, I was born in September. I'm a Virgo. I don't know if I have a preference because of that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe I, I like I like the fall a lot because I live in Vancouver and it rains a lot, and you know the Pacific Northwest is very depressing weather. So anything that looks like kind of happy and sunny, I'm like bummed out. <laughs> yeah, so you're like born and raised in Vancouver, right? Yeah. Have you ever been to BC? No, I've never. Oh, actually, I have been to Canada. I, I went to Montreal when I was 19 to kind of just, like, go see what that was like. But it was February, and it was so fucking cold. And, like, I stayed in the hostel for a week with my best friend, and, like, there was nothing to do. It was, like, so miserable. <laughs> it was, like, a, at least a Was it the hipster drive. part of Montreal? I literally have no idea. I mean, I remember going to the Biodome and taking some pics of, like, uh, birds, um and seeing like a, an art show that was like knit art this is very pre l m hoff uh and i was like this is weird <laughs> i just like couldn't wait to get back that's hilarious yeah it's that's like very like is that like flicker era oh definitely yeah it might have been in community web shots no it was flicker era it was flicker era um i was like the king of of in school high school i was like uh, i had five different community web shots accounts that would fill them up i was like the party photographer um but then i got called into the principal's office one day because i had like a gun and i was like doing like a fake like i'm gonna blow my brains out and they thought i was in a gang um and so i delete everything (laughs) you have a yashika t4 i had I, i used to no i had a contacts t2 but that, that was not in high school. I had like a, like whatever digital point and shoot they sold at like Sam's Club. Mm-hmm. But in, in terms of film cameras now, the only thing I have left is a Contax T1, which I bought in college. No, oh my God, this is like over 10 years ago. This is like probably 13 years ago. I bought a T1 because I was obsessed with Jurgen Teller and like the Marc <laughs> Jacobs ads. And I was like, I just want to have a flash. And they were so cheap. Um, they haven't gone up in value as much as the Yoshika T4s and the Contacts T2s. Um, I remember paying like the same amount for the the T2, like $250 for that, and then like $250 for the, the T1. And now I think the Yoshika T4s are like approaching $1,000. Whoa. Which is, yeah, shit. no, it's, it's like insane. It's, if not even more, if not even more, because I haven't checked in like a couple of years. I just, I don't have the, the time. Oh my God. I gave mine away. Anymore. 
to mm-hmm. a friend when I was over my blog spot, you know, taking film pictures, Corey Kennedy time. I just gave it away and now it's worth a thousand dollars. Yeah. Right. Now I know how people feel with like all their like Bitcoin dope, whatever the fuck they like sold too early. Dude, I do not understand Bitcoin. Like that's some smart people. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> like, but also NFTs. I kind of, I, it's like really, it's like dumb smart people. So it's like, they think they're on the, they're like trailblazing <laughs> a new thing and it like may just not take off. Like they're trying to mint, uh, from what I understand, it's like a, they're trying to create a new like gold standard like digitally and like I mean, okay <laughs> i can't even get involved i, I don't uh, even like going on the computer so now. i'm trying to understand it so is it basically like the value of it is is that you have the digital file or something oh for an nft yeah yeah it's like that like it's like minted and there's some sort of like <laughs> oh god <laughs> my soul just left my body i really have no idea <laughs> I have no idea. This is very Mercury retrograde right now. (laughs) It is. Um, I'm feeling good, though, that the Wi-Fi is even working because I've had a lot of issues in my last few episodes and I finally bought like a Wi-Fi extender. Um, So I think we're like smooth sailing. Normally by now it would have cut out and I'd be like freaking this shit out. And uh, so I'm going to knock on the You're definitely glitchy on my end. Okay, well, you're definitely as long as I can hear you and there's no sound glitches, then we are we're in business exactly exactly. um so like what's a day in vancouver like for you these days well i'm we're still in quarantine well kind of quarantine because we don't have our second shots yet so we just we just rolled out shot one people were talking about how people think canada is becoming like a communist country or something and like that everyone wants to move out of canada because we really fucked up the rollout Oh, shit. I just assumed you guys have been vaccinated for, like... <laughs> I thought you and Australia were kind of, like, uh, healthcare. But no, I guess no, there's America's a thing. on top of their shit. Yeah, America's number one, as usual. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I got my second shot, like, a month ago. It actually truly fucked me up. Um, I got Moderna. Oh, fuck, we're twins. I got Moderna also. Yeah, the first shot was... It just my arm was kind of sore, and I just assumed that, like... If I can like psych myself out of, like, I thought like if I was very con- if I convinced myself that I wouldn't get fucked up from the shot, then uh, I just wouldn't. But uh, it was not the case, and I've been sick in so oh, long. Oh, I had a meltdown. Yeah, I had a meltdown when I was at the thing because I was like, I want Pfizer, give me Pfizer, and they're like, No, we're giving you Moderna, and I was like, No, I want Pfizer, and they were just they just wouldn't give me pfizer and i was just like a brat about it i guess like we're all branded right now you know like you and i have this weird connection now that we're both branded as moderna people yes and that we're (laughs) podcasting together yeah yeah. let's talk about how that came about so like you kind of cold emailed me a few days ago and i had a guest sort of drop out or i had a guest yeah well it was was just kat marnell again we've been trying to do this since september and she's uh occupied um and i get that oh cat oh cat well, okay, so that we can loop this back in because I was like texting some people. I'm like, do you know who Alex Kazemi even is? And I'm kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I did no, a little no. Googling. But then someone was like, oh, I think that he was like Kat's assistant like 10 years ago as like a teenager. Yeah, that was like a thing that I, I was using Kat to get on Gawker because Gawker meant something back then. Yeah, so I was did. just trying to, um, I was just really interested in testing the waters with publicity at that point um but yeah that was a 
interesting time for me. Uh, is Kat still a thing? Like, do people, is she still around? Yeah, she's still around. I mean, I subscribe to her Patreon. She's putting stuff out. Um, I think they're turning her book into like a, a show. And I think that she's like somehow involved in that. Um, yeah. I think she's doing well. I, I mean, I met her like once, but this was last September at uh, my friend's birthday party, but I had a good time with her. I thought she was really sweet and like funny and um, charming. She's very charming. She was, she definitely was all about timing, you know, when she came out and all of that, you know, people were still reading Vice and op-eds and, you know, she kind of seemed kind of glamorous and, and it, it was a moment for sure. I didn't know that it was still happening with her though. It's interesting. Yeah, I think her book did really well, and um, I read it in, like, three days, and I'm, like, a person that does not read books. And I actually talked to her about that. I was like, Kat, like, I loved your book, and I don't read books. And she was like, yeah, good, because I don't write books for people that read books. And I was like, that's so, like, nice to hear. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I read it. I read it. It, I, it was just, like, watching her throw up and have sex with art dealer dudes and stuff it was really interesting it's a vibe yeah um <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely it's definitely a vibe but like it was it was definitely um not what i expected really it took a few years too like she took a while to write it like it was really delayed yeah i mean books writing is like the worst it's one of the most difficult mediums i think because it's such a process it's not just you there's editors and all this like shit and getting your shit out there in a cohesive way is I, seems impossible honestly i honestly feel like you wouldn't really hear nice things about me though if you ask about me around around town well, that's I what i was gathering from like <laughs> i read well i don't want to there's not to, like, nice get things into to it. say about me um well how do you feel about like that like if you there's like one article i don't even want to necessarily name the source but i read it after i was like oh yeah come on the show and i was like oh jesus christ like am i doing the right thing because it was like very damning it was very long like it was i think i would consider well it i think prosaic. i think you know a part of what i do yeah well i think a part of what i do and why i you know put myself into the public eye is because i'm trying to present the worst aspects of ourselves and our culture back to other people like mirror it back you know and i feel like a part of the media and and being in public is is that you're supposed to get it wrong you know what i mean like there's supposed to be mythology around people there's you're, you're like when i when i've worked with celebrities and they've cared about their per public perception i'm always like that's a huge red flag of who you are as a person because the whole point is is that once you're in the public you're not real anymore you're a simulacra you're fake you know you're so i really play with that a lot and i feel like most people who would try to understand what that means would really kind of like get me but people don't ever get it like 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 everyone misses the mark they actually just think what they see of what i'm presenting but i'm really i'm really trying to make a commentary on where we're at as a culture even when i did the cat marnell thing on gawker like i was always i was always in control of it what were you doing with cat on gawker exactly because I, I didn't i didn't find i didn't look necessarily i kind of well, so wanted to like just... not go into this with too much of a preconceived notion because normally my guests I like know either like intimately or like at least peripherally and I, I was like oh, I'll just you know do something a little different tonight and have uh, Alex on and see 
you know how it goes. Yeah, no, totally. We we're just we're you know I think that's really cool that you push yourself out of your comfort zone like that. Yeah, I mean I just mean like I I, I you know I try to mirror back like the clickbait culture, the the idea that you can uh, attach yourself to someone and get press, or you can attach yourself to a certain narrative happening in the media. Um, you know, like how everyone is queer in the 2020s, you know, and then, you know, some random girl will be like, I'm bi, and then she's everywhere, you know, I, I'm really interested and fascinated by that. But um, the people who understand me get me, but the people who don't understand me completely just think like I'm a psychopath and like a narcissist and all these type of things. But I'm really trying to be like look at yourself everyone look at your worst aspects of yourself look at the intention seeking side of yourself look at the side of yourself that's obsessed with celebrity culture look at yourself that's obsessed with that image and and see the negative aspects of who you are and and try i don't know if to change it but at least be self-aware a little bit so i think being so transparent and being the villain is a way to make people think about their own human behavior yeah, I mean, I've had friends been vilified, and I think they're, like, really kind, generous people. Um, so you're famously, like, not on social media, though. So how do you even reach people anymore? Like, <laughs> This is my phone. Oh, cool. So it's a, you're holding by yellow, or sorry, orange, like, Motorola, Motorola. Pebble. The Pebble. Oh, God. So That's why cute. Am I... <laughs> yeah, but, like, yeah. how do you, like, okay, so how do you, like, do that in, like, the like literally like today or like current day, like how do you um, even how do I function people or like, yeah, yeah, I mean, it just seems so, I guess you go on podcasts. (laughs) Well, well, so I think, I think the reason that I don't have any social media is because uh, I think it's really important to protect your focus and protect your attention span to be able to do long-term projects. And I also feel the internet and social media it has never given me anything inspiring or creative. It's only ever given me fragments. And so it's like this like mm-hmm. little hit, but it's not fulfilling. It's not sitting down and watching a movie or watching a TV show or reading a book. It's always these like, like the, you know, I'm from the Tumblr era, you know, like I was like 18 when Tumblr started, you know? So like, I think um, I was very frustrated with like the fragmented amount of information, especially when you're learning about who you are, learning your voice. And I feel like um, the reason I stay off of social media is because I'm in my early 20s. I mean, well, I'm in approaching 27, but in my early 20s, I didn't want any of that to be public. I wanted it to be private because I feel like we're watching people grow up in public now and everyone's meltdowns and long posts and like, you know, their trauma and everything is coming out in this really ugly way and i wanted to just he like be a human being in private you know and i yeah. the way that yeah the way that i do that is um i have a i have a team of people who you know run like certain aspects of my career that require me to not be on the internet okay cool yeah i'm very glad that like so i'm 32 um and like social media like literally started like being a thing like right after i graduated college i'm just so glad my college years were not online i mean they're like facebook photo albums but it's just like me throwing up on the ground it's not like that incriminating it's not like i'm tweeting about anything like thank god because everyone's just so it we're a very stunted i think generation or maybe everyone is it's just we you know so I don't really fuck with anyone under the age of like 25 that much. It's like, kind oh of, yeah, no, stay, you know away from, I mean? stay away from Gen Z. So you're from the Hills, like Laguna Beach era. 
Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Okay. OC soundtrack yeah, so like, like, changed my late. life. Yeah, that was in, when I was in high school. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think they okay. were like actually my age on the show, the OC, which really was like a transformative moment. <laughs> I was like, oh, and I was like, kind of like a, I like, you know, I grew up in a very small town upstate, like not, you know, I didn't, there were so few people you didn't really like blend in or stick out that much. So I was like, I'm indie, but there was like really no other indie people. So when Seth Cohen came on the scene, I was like, that's me. I'm going to buy a blazer and put a hoodie underneath it. And then you're going to just like deal with that. <laughs> oh, wow. And you were really yeah. getting prepared for like 2006 hipster era, Elliot Smith. Yes. 2006 when yeah. I uh, graduated high school. Yeah. There you go. You were mm-hmm. the, the, the Seth Cohen era prepared you for the Cobra snake time. It absolutely did. Um, just to kind of like circle back for a second. Like, so you emailed me about coming on the show. Like what yeah. did you like email a bunch of other podcasts and get rejected? No. And that's why you're on mine. Or do you like, no, like the show? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, 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 I'm very fascinated about the space that you occupy in culture. You know, like I'm trying to understand, you know, this, this, uh, how, how everything has accelerated with internet culture right now. I don't really understand what, I mean, I wouldn't say, I don't know if you think you're a part of the dirtbag left, but I'm trying to understand what all of that no. is. And like, yeah, and like, really. I, okay. <laughs> I don't think anyone to... in it is just like that. I don't even think they know. I think my friend Amber like coined that term like years ago and it just stuck and everyone's just like, I guess that's like ugh, a thing still. Um, I'm not a very political person, even like in my life or online or on the podcast. So yeah. I mean, I only got looped in once because someone made, like, a face filter on Instagram that, like, was, you know, it was, like, the thing that, like, it flickers through, like, okay. who are you? And it was, like, my name was on it. And I was, like, why am I on this? Just because I've been on Red Scare, like, a bunch of times. I'm, like, even, like, they're not, like, you, I don't can know. You it's explain, weird. <laughs> can you explain, like, like Red, Red Scare culture to me? Like, I'm trying, because I'm, I'm I'm very fascinated. I'm, I'm more so interested in how people respond and react to things right so all my friends in new york are like super into it and like the drunken canal i don't know what any of that is but i'm too old for that but i respect young people <laughs> being creative but like truly yeah yeah old. so <laughs> is it it's basically like a response to like social justice type culture right um yeah i mean i think okay red scare so i, I mean i've known anna and dasha way before the pod and we've been friends and stuff so like they're just like talking like they're they're just themselves so it's not like a thing for me to like it's hard for me to quantify what they're doing because i'm just like oh they're just talking and they're 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 very good rapport and they're very funny and they're very smart um so it's like talk radio yeah and their listenership has only grown they've only had like linear growth i think they were like really getting raked across the coals like probably like a a year or two ago like a lot and it kind of just like peered off because like i think they proved to people like they won you know, yeah. Dosh has a movie coming out this year. Anna just had a beautiful child. Like, they're doing well. And, uh, it, like, I think if, like, people that really hate them listen, it's just, like, not even that controversial. Yeah, to me, they just seem very level-headed friend, and, like, very funny. They're very funny. They're the funniest people I know. My friend had Anna on his podcast, and I was like, I don't – I was like, I, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand it. Like, I didn't under, I didn't listen, but – I'm very fascinated of like the, the space that it occupies right now in culture because I feel like it shows that people are kind of craving some type of freedom or they're they're not wanting to adhere to certain dogmatic uh, you know thinking in the art and fashion world and everyone's kind of over it. But I found mm-hmm. like one time 
someone sent me like a, a clip of uh, I don't know something like talking about like Kalila posted and then one of the guys oh, like not yeah, yeah, and then one of the, <laughs> one of the yeah. See, so this is what I didn't understand because I'm like, okay, so you're offensive up until the point it threatens your bag. You know what I mean? And then you apologize. So it's like, I I, I think like I don't think MT they did apologize. No, yeah, I think one of them did, didn't they? Someone in the know. clip apologized. But anyways, um, I just think like I think like the whole point is if you're gonna be provocative, you just have to own it, you know. Don't apologize. Yeah, well, you know, I'll have to like I don't remember. I don't I don't know if I think who was on that was it, was it Paul Kupo, friend of the pod, Paul Kupo. I don't know. I just like I when you record like they've done like two hundred episodes so, like. Yeah, once in a while, a thing that maybe rubs people the wrong way is going to come up when it's like clipped and then like shared. Yeah. It's just like, ugh, okay, sure, you got them, but it's just like, it's it's not. I don't know. I I know where their hearts lie, and I I don't. They're not. Uh, they're not bad people in like any way. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I I agree with you, and, and, and I, I think, think their success think doesn't that, have to know, do with like the problem with like this like go ahead <laughs> I think wait no froze. continue I, I was like saying their success we can like uh isn't just like their critiques of like feminism or culture or politics it's like they have a very magical like cool connection with each other and like you can't like recreate that and I think you know they're very lucky to have found each so other. So it's about so it's about like the resonance that people feel towards their bond and their friendship, and they enjoy listening to it because of of the chemistry between the two of them. Yeah, that's why I like listening. Also, like I, I weirdly only listen to podcasts of people that I kind of know now, and it's like nice to feel like I'm. Yeah, I'm like that meme that's like the kid like sitting next to like an ice cream truck with like the girls like eating ice cream like this is what it feels like to listen to a podcast. It's like, that's kind of the, the space it fills in my life is like, I'm hanging out with them. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, exactly. Exactly. Like it, 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 the reason podcasts have blown up is because people want the room to feel full. They want someone to be there. They want someone to be around. It brings, it, it brings out something like oxytocin in their brain. It's like human connection. And, and yeah, that, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And I guess, I guess the reason that they particularly blew up is because people felt a, re a collective resonance towards what they're talking about and they relate, right? It's all, all everything's all about relatability. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of like girls and gays felt left out of like contemporary, like liberal discourse of like identity and stuff. And it's, and it, we all just were like, okay, this is, this sucks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a, it's like a collective um, upset. Yeah, no, no, that makes sense. I'm, but I feel, I feel like, I, I feel like you and I are probably very similar when it comes to politics. Like, I don't really think about it that much, or I'm pretty apathetic towards uh, everything because I don't feel like uh, thinking about it really does anything or paying attention because I feel like I have no control over what the end result is. You know. Yeah, and I feel like if I was to get involved in politics, or like really care, it's like then you have to actually like, I don't know not only just like vote all the time but like i don't know run for something or like be a part of politics and not just talk <laughs> about it online because it's like literally just running in like a hamster wheel i feel crazy everyone's just like do this do this do this and i'm like yeah and then what like just share for what for who 
for the people to already oh, agree yeah. with you. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. And so for sure, for sure, I've just I checked out a long time ago, and I realized that like the only way I can contribute <laughs> is like being an artist and like entertainer now doing a podcast. So like that's just like I've had a reality check. Where, like this I is just that. like my small part of. Even if I only have like 300 subscribers on my Patreon, but like if they're listening and they like it, then I'm going to keep doing it. Cause like, that's just what, I mean, I enjoy doing this, uh, and I've done it for like a year now and I have no plans of stopping. So I'm like, well, I just going to trust my intuition and keep going with this because I love that. That's I just like that. life. I, I'm always like, as a Virgo, I'm always trying to simplify everything and distill things. So it's like, yeah, that's if, awesome. If, if this is all that's I amazing. got going, then I mean, it's it's fine like people have a lot worse lives you know what i mean i, I mean and i prefer i i really respect that because you're you're saying you know what like no, i'm not throwing my hands up i'm just doing what's best for me and how i can contribute to the world and if this is what i'm choosing to do rather than you know post hashtags or like you know identity politics activism that does it that kind of just drowns out on the internet you're just focusing on the things that make you happy and i wish more people would do that in their lives yeah, and I want to, like, entertain other people and, like, kind of just... I, I, don't, I don't want to sit alone with my thoughts all the time. I like to transfer them to, like, other mediums. So it's, like, yeah. podcasting just kind of came naturally. I mean, I, I thought about starting one for years. I had one, like, 2013 with a friend. And then, like, uh, I was like, okay, quarantine hit. I was like, if I don't do this now, it's never going to happen. And, uh, you know, this is probably episode 68. Not nine. I'd remember a 69 and I'd be like, bye, but it's, uh, yeah, I'm up there. Well, like as a, as a podcaster, like, were you like, like, do you not ever really think of like the, the big picture of like how so many people are doing Patreon and so many people are doing podcasts? Like, do you think like, do you like, is it just really a personal thing rather than you thinking about, okay, well I need to be seen by as many people or I need to like be better than that person, like in a competitive way. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, I am a competitive person. Um, and, but I also noticed people that like started Patreons, like aren't doing, like I'm paying my rent and like utilities and like, I have a little extra <coughs> from the show. Um, but I, a part of me was like, oh my God, you're 31 and you're starting a podcast. That's so whack and embarrassing. Um, but then I thought about it a little more. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, like when I was in my twenties, I was so obnoxious and just like, uh, I don't know if I had, it wouldn't have been fine, but like, I, I'm more comfortable with myself now than I was then by like a lot. Uh, so I feel like, yeah. you know, it, the time is whenever you feel like it. <laughs> There's always like people posting these like stupid things on the internet. Like Steve Carell didn't start acting until he was, 42 and i'm like i don't even know if that's true but like okay <laughs> i feel like shirley manson from garbage didn't really even blow up until she was like 30 you know like people like like i feel like yeah. i feel like our culture is so infantilized right now that we think that like anything that you have to do you have to be like 16 and hot but like that's not how it used to be especially with gen x like so many gen xers were in their 30s late 20s 40s when they blew up you know and uh i feel like our our infantilized you know obsession with youth it has a lot to do with that you know yeah but i remember like when britney spears's first video came out she was like 16 when they filmed that in like the high school and she was like adults i think olivia rodrigo is 17 
Oh, right true. Now. Yeah, I mean, but I don't think she's like her visuals aren't explicitly like pigtail high school girl. No, the, 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 are they? You, yeah, no, Petra. Petra did a video with her, and and it's all. If you want to feel old, it's it's inspired oh, by Jennifer. It's That's inspired. Why I stayed away. It's inspired by Jennifer's body. You know, Gen Z looks. Oh, at love that movie. Yeah. They they look at they look at Jennifer's body as a cult classic in the way that oh, someone born in the yeah so it just kind of I mean obviously it's very obvious that as we're headed as a culture that the late two thousands are going to be replacing the late nineties as a point of reference points and um, yeah you know, every nostalgia. twenty years it repeats yeah and that's I think um, yeah, that's what, that's what's going to happen next it's yeah, interesting just... how we don't have no continue. I just I feel like there's not is there's no like backlash. I remember when, like Britney Spears was coming out. I think there were like parents like burning her albums in the streets and shit. Oh like, yeah, yeah, for sure. I guess they're just desensitized now. They're too old and they don't give a fuck and they don't even know. I well, mean, I, I think that I think that yeah, I think the thing about you know why everyone is so attached to like the effectiveness of like late '90s pop culture is because there was less images that we would see in a day, right? True. So true. like, an, yes, that's like an Abercrombie, so yeah. like an Abercrombie ad might it might stick with a person more because they're seeing less images in a day. So fashion and art actually had more of an effect on the consumer, and why these kids were so obsessed with um, the. Uh, uh, they weren't aware obviously of like Bruce Weber and like artists who were creating the ads that they were seeing, but they, even the mainstream consumer had an attachment to that because they were looking at less images in a day. Whereas now if you work in fashion, all you're doing is creating e-commerce content for Bella Thorne to have another photo on her Instagram that everyone scrolls up and you made a call sheet, you had a whole 12 hour shoot and it's just a fucking picture on Instagram that everyone looks at and scrolls up and forgets about. Know, Whereas before so there was so much of uh, an effectiveness that the artists had. So the reason that artists today are, are so depressed is because we don't know our role in society anymore. We don't know what it means because the current cultural, um, you know, the reason that, you know, we don't have any, uh, like we don't have a cultural arena anymore. You know, we don't have an algorithm where everyone is looking at one thing. Everyone is seeing multiverses of everything. So therefore, Everything is so fucking confusing because the shit that used to unify us now disconnects us. We don't know what our friends are looking at on their phones because we're looking at different shit and we don't know what to talk about because everyone is looking at different shit. Whereas it used to be like, oh, did you see that? That was on TV yesterday. Or did you hear about the Paris Hilton sex tape? And everyone could talk about it, you know, but it's different now. It's very, very different. Yeah, just like it funnels down and people just like follow the same people and probably text each other about it and they have to like go through a lot more hurdles to just like get on the same page. It does feel like people are it's isolating really it's isolating. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And you know what I realized is is that what's replaced talking about pop culture because pop culture doesn't exist anymore only an idea each person has of culture exists which doesn't isn't defined as pop culture because it's so mutable and not fixed right so what's replaced pop culture is memes and content sharing like sending a friend to tiktok is like the equivalent of like talking about something that was happening in culture in 2006 <clears throat> that you could all bond and unify over so content sharing is really replaced pop culture and memes have replaced pop culture 
What do teens like hang on their walls these days? Because I remember like, okay, going back to like the Abercrombie era and like the OC era, I remember Abercrombie had like a shopping bag that you yeah. could, and I had this hanging on my wall. So like yeah. you would like deconstruct it and hang it and it became a poster. So on one side was Olivia Wilde wearing like a a, <laughs> yeah. a, a double stacked camisole, obviously. Yeah, and, yeah, like yeah. the short jean shorts. And I think she had like the kind of like snooky like poof and like a pony short ponytail and a pearl necklace and a... But on the other side was Chris Carmack, who was like in the show. The o- they're both in the OC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of um, course. You know, Chris Carmack was, I think, just maybe on season one. His dad was gay, and like he punched Ryan. But so, oh, I, like, shit. as a as a closeted gay teen, yeah, I would like display Olivia Wilde during the day. Then at night, flip it around, jack off to Chris Carmack. I was jacking to Carmack. And like, I just, I don't know. I visual media is just so different. There's no physical shit. And I don't know, do do kids have like printers? (laughs) Like what are they doing? What's on their walls? They have anything on their walls? Are they just getting like shutterfly prints of their friends and hanging them up? I mean, that's a vibe, I guess. No, I I think, I think, well, you know, the era, you know, my friend is the editor of um, XY magazine. And he tells me a lot of stories like that. Like what you, cause that was a huge magazine at that time yeah. for, for queer, queer and gay youth. And, you know, everyone would buy it just to jack off to it and, um, and read it obviously, because people used to read journalism back in the day. Like if you were printed in a magazine, you actually had something to say, you had to go through curation. It wasn't just like, oh, my friend's the editor, just like put it in, you know, there used to be more. I mean, I'm sure that was happening, but you know what I mean? There was more uh, curation and censorship because people are talking too much. But what you said about the bedroom wall is I think Tumblr was the bedroom wall for a lot of kids um, Mm. and millennials, especially. I think it was a way for them to cultivate um, and understand their senses and their sensibilities and uh, at, at the time of coming of age. And that's why so many, you know, there's a, there's a Tumblr uh, nostalgia in our culture right now. There's actually kids who were, who are Gen Zers who feel they missed the Tumblr era and they go, I wish it was 2014. I oh, wish God. I could have lived through 2013. No, and that just that goes again. to sh- shows you the, <laughs> the power of like a human, human psychology and like the idea of the, the, the past always, <laughs> seeming more appealing but the problem that i have with it is is like we have to get to us like our culture is too driven by nostalgia like we have to let go a little bit of the late 90s and the early 2000s and connect to the suffering of the moment and create about the suffering of the moment because that's what they did back then you know that's how we create culture is is by paying attention to what this moment is i mean anyone in art and fashion will tell you this is a horrible time for art and fashion and culture but in a way we have to not be optimistic about the suffering but we have to really you know realize that we are living through a moment with grimes and nfts and all this shit that is going to be forgotten and well not forgotten but you know what i mean it's going to be looked back on and 20 years you know people even feel that way about like kylie jenner you know that was a moment that was happening and now it's over you know um what artists do you think are like capturing the moment right now if any see i don't i don't i don't really know but one something that really <laughs> i like that me... lana del rey you know I think okay this is what i was just about to talk to you about. <laughs> this is what i was just I was about to talk about 
The funniest thing about when like a world event happens, I know that Lana is somewhere with her fucking notepad thinking that she's Joni Mitchell living through the 60s and like writing about the Malibu fires and like all this crazy shit. And then she puts the music out and there's like a kind of like Jamae, like Chris Lilly kind of vibe to it. That's really funny. Like a really hilarious. She is a like, funny undertone. person. Yeah, I think she she's a hilarious too. person. And and like like that song that she just put out, she's like, you know, I was drinking a beer looking at the picture of the john you know she says such crazy shit that is so yeah. funny but do you think her humor is self-aware yeah i i think that she's like yes i i oh it's so hard for me to talk about <laughs> lana because she occupies like a big space in my heart and soul and so it's like to articulate that's very difficult for me um i guess it's like maybe my job to do that i just uh it's she's like a magical person and like it's there is like she's always gonna be confusing i think she's always gonna be confusing and be like wait what what you know there's a new song and she like sings like we were at the black lives matter and like it's about like the cop that she was dating breaking up with her for like seeing her at a rally and i'm like that's so cool (laughs) also date a cop if you want they're hot it's so funny it's so funny because when you listen to it, you can feel like her kind of histrionic uh, fantasies, like the illusions of like her looking at everything through the eyes of her influences, like Joni Mitchell or, you know, this type of songwriting that is so poetic and like nostalgic and looking back at she's very mercury and cancer. She's very cancer and, it, mm. and it's really hilarious. And yeah, I do get a gym, like I get a Jamae vibe sometimes, like a lot actually. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's like, Besides Lana Del Rey, Mariah Carey is the only artist that like has like a poet soul. I can oh, go for sure. I, don't even get me start Mariah Carey. I've done episodes about it. It's just like she is like my number one of all time. Songwriter, music production. She like literally is uh, literally an angel sent from heaven. Um, Very underrated. That, but you know, I think they're both lyrically doing things that are so. Uh, uh, so such a departure from anyone else in their realm. And oh yeah, she's a real artist. Out to me. Yeah. She's a real artist. Mariah mm-hmm. is a real artist. If you read that book, wow. Oh she's yeah, she's an artist. She's an artist. Oh my god, and it really—I already knew, but then I knew even more. Oh my god, I did like, the audio book. The audio book. I bought the book. I read it, and then I was like, "Oh, audio book." I have a, like you know, most people in my generation or anyone alive today, their me. attention span <laughs> is is suffering. Oh yeah, because you like deleted Twitter like a week ago. Good for you. <laughs> When did you delete social media, by the way? Um, well, I think it was like 2014. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. All right. That's a little longer than I thought. That was a very long, it's like two lifetimes ago, it seems like for me. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I definitely, I definitely could just see it fucking with my brain. But yeah, I'm really happy that you, you see the, the, the I personally, I believe that we're not going to appreciate Mariah's artistic, uh, value until she's dead i think she's actually very underrated as an artist i do too and i say this all the time even though she is like internationally very renowned but it's still it's not enough for me i think the same about missy elliott too um i think missy elliott is like the most futuristic artist we've probably ever seen i've had a few drinks i'm just saying like her music that she made 20 years ago still sounds like it was made in a different lifetime in the future with timbaland gotta give him some respect to that oh, collaboration yeah, yeah. is like it's insane you listen to it and you're like 
nothing comes close to it still and i'm not trying to be like a a boomer of my like generation but like literally it's so insane and like it's a magical pairing of people and they did so much you know cool oh yeah stuff. yeah for sure I, th I think like that was a very special moment you know with those music videos and Aaliyah and and the music oh, it, yeah my it number was, one of all time yeah yeah i think i think that was a very special moment and even though you have nostalgic uh feelings associated with it i think if we can strip it away from emotion from a logical point of view the way that they uh, had a vision of the future all through their imagination that they cultivated through image and sound is a template that every modern artist should, uh, who is in that lane of, you know, maybe rap or pop or pop imagery should always think, think in that way. Like what, what, what would the future look like from my own imagination? Uh, Cause I feel like Missy and Timbaland were very imaginative. Yeah. They're very creative people. Their videos that would come out were like shocking. And I was like basically a child when they'd come out, but I rewatched them as an adult and I'm like, this still is just so wild and outlandish and like visionary. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and that's why when, I mean, like I've never seen, I never saw that little Nas X video. Like I, I don't, I don't, I really from, from the internet feel like I already know where everyone is kind of headed because it's so obvious that people are so attached to that like hype williams era of what pop imagery looked like in 2002 2001 and i think instead of directly ripping it off we should interpret the values of it and try to apply it into our own um creativity and aesthetics i hate yeah. that fucking word so much Aesthetic. but um um rather yeah because you know we are the copy and paste gen generation right you know like you know uh -huh. th that's what i i found to be so in uh, annoying about instagram cultures is like you you think that it means something that i have to look at a picture that you posted of kate moss that you found on google like that means nothing to me you know that's not creating art you're curating you're showing me your mood board you're showing me your scrapbook you know and i feel like the internet encourages people to be curators instead of creators True. I mean, in fairness to like the era that I was, we were just talking about, like, you know, when like Missy was making really profound music videos, Janet Jackson, Busta Rhymes are all, it was always kind of like in a like metallic tunnel. You know, there's like a, there's like a vibe that was yeah, 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 there. Of they were kind of like um, working with that, but also like it just, there were, you know, that's just, it was still cool. <laughs> it just like didn't seem, no, 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 I was for young, sure, I guess. Sure. And, but like, you know, they had a budget. Budgets are different. They're like, paying people to be uh, making TikToks instead of like making a music video that would resonate and last for decades. Like, well, but also they know. had an arena. They had an arena to show music videos. They Wait, had speaking MTV, of the arena, had... sorry, sorry to interrupt you. If you, if you listen to my episode yeah. about talking about being in the arena, because this is like a thing I talk about is like being in the arena. And it just like basically means oh, really? like people that... I was like, oh, so I'm like new to the arena because like I think anyone you can like Google or anyone who can like subtweet you without adding you and just typing your name. Yeah. It means like you're in the arena and like so many people are in the arena now because like we're all just online living our lives completely publicly that like a lot of people are in the arena and we're all in the arena. It's like a Roman like gladiator kind of situation. Um, it's weird that we're all in the arena because like most people 
never wanted to be in an arena. We've slowly like gotten Stockholm syndrome into just like being in the arena by sharing our lives. And, uh, we're just in the arena now. A lot, most, maybe a lot of people like have like a, a semblance of, uh, like, oh shit, my internet just quit out. Um, they no, know no, when no, to I hold back and um, yeah zoom just flashed a thing um uh it's like when you like, follow like, <laughs> when someone from like high school follows you and they have like 30 followers and they're private i'm like no one cares <laughs> like why are you private i'm not following you back oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah the arena sure. and i think everyone's it's like the arena is like just life and uh people are kind of dipping their toes in maybe not entering the arena um <laughs> Do you have any thoughts about the arena? Are you oh, in the arena? Like what, you're not on social meant, media, I, but I think you're on the arena because you Google you, shit comes up. So you're in the arena, but you've opted out of the arena. Unfortunately. Like, yeah. So, you know, arena. <laughs> I literally, no, I, I didn't know that I like your, I like your interpretation of, of the arena. What I, what I meant about I, what arena I was talking about was more so that like, you know, there was a an order to chaos in the way that people knew that like record labels and artists could blow up back then because you could, everyone was watching MTV. Everyone was seeing the same thing. Like, you know, the reason Laguna beach blew up was because they aired a preview during the MTV movie awards. That, mm. That's never going to happen again in the way of influence because people only exist on the algorithms on the internet, you know? So the people, the reason that the people who were famous in the late two thousands or the early 2000s or even the late 90s uh, have a glow to them to everyone is because they were a part of a very special time before the social media era where they were the select few that we would see all the time yes. and we were kind of brainwashed into knowing who they are and that doesn't exist anymore so it's kind of funny because you meet someone and you're like oh do you know who charlie xcx is and they're like no you know what I mean? But then you go on the internet and you see Charlie XCX and you think that everyone knows who Charlie XCX is. No, I mean, I know a lot of people who didn't even know who Sophie was when Sophie died, you know? Yeah, so yeah. the internet yeah. and the, algor the alg algorithms we look at are not actually um, representative of what is actually happening in culture. True, yeah. And like, that's... I don't know if it's better or worse. Nothing's ever been like great, I guess. Well, it's about democracy, <laughs> right? Because the, right now, because art is the, now political and like it's like a voting process. See, everyone needs a voice. Yeah. Everyone needs to contribute, you know? And the thing, I mean, and so that way we have to be honest. That way the taste goes down, curation goes down, and um, it's basically the people who were behind the TRL gate being like, please sign my autograph. Those are now the people who are the stars in our culture. The people who never had access to Hollywood or stardom can now create it right on their phone. So we have all these randos who are superstars, right? And I don't know if that was just how culture was supposed to accelerate with social media happening, but it makes... Um, celebrity and fame and all of these things extremely unappealing and extremely uninteresting because the experiences that follow it are so virtual rather than the regal aristocratic type of treatment that is associated with pre-social media fame yeah yeah what is your role in all this now like you used to produce a lot of um 
I know at least photo shoots, magazine covers, music. I mean, fill me in here. But like, what it like? What does your life resemble now, not being on social media? And how do you? Well, I got to get people around you telling you, I guess about the Charlie's trending or something like. Uh, yeah, 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 what yeah, is, yeah. Do no, you be, have like? I mean, reason, you don't I have to have a out. job. Like, what do you? <laughs> what's your days? What are your days like? What are you up well, to? Um, you know, obviously, I'm uh, I'm a professional author and, and writer, so I have. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I write books, right? So we'll so talk about that. My entire, yeah, I, yeah. Unfortunately, we'll talk about that book. We'll talk about um, it. I think. <laughs> oh God, um, I think for me, you know, I I schedule my days around a skill, and I'm really into Cal Newport's idea of deep work, and you know, um, having very high focus without um disruption so if i want to become a better writer so i i make sure that my routine is me practicing writing for like six hours a day and then i can start my day you know and okay. so um yeah so you've like opted out of like the media like you know oh okay oh yeah 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 so wait what the fuck happened hello are you there i can hear you yeah you're good well that, that was really weird we just literally like sparked out Okay, what the fuck? Oh god. Okay, okay. Is this better? Um, it sounds the same. Wait, I think we're hello? good. Yeah, I can hear you. It's probably my Wi Fi. Wait, wait. wait, I can't hear myself. Oh. Wait, I can't hear myself. One sec. Okay, hello? Okay. Hello. What the fuck? Okay, okay, there you go. I think I can okay, hear Okay, we're back. Hello, I think I can hear myself again. Sorry everyone. Um, oh, it's fine. They're used so, to the lobby uh, zombie yeah. of the oh, whole so, thing. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's a very lo-fi podcast. Oh my it's god! Nylon I, magazine, <laughs> which is I love true. It. <laughs> oh, but like you know, so you've you've Wait, moved what, on. What about nylon? Oh, which is like I was. Yeah. Finally, after like a year of doing this goddamn Hello. fucking podcast, they're like uh, top eight comedy podcasts, and I was one of them. And I was like, great. Uh, but I was like, lo-fi oh, that's aesthetic. amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I definitely posted on Instagram. I was. Uh, I needed to post some. I just I have no instinct to post on Instagram anymore. It's it's so tiny. Nylon TV used to be a transcendent experience back in the day. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah, TV. probably. I remember like getting an TV issue and being like, TV. "Oh, this seems like Rihanna's wearing neon now for a <laughs> shoot." That's <laughs> like cool. Oh, um, yeah. What were you just talking about? Oh, okay. Art. Your departure from like fashion, art, media, and now yeah, yeah, yeah. transitioning to writer. So when did when did that happen? And like, kind of how did that happen? Well, for me, you know, the reason I decided to kind of opt out of that world was when I became an editor at King Kong Magazine, and I got to live my dream of being an editor. And you know, after hustling and climbing up the ranks in fashion, I could finally call the shots and do it. And it was just fucking horrible. Like it was, it was horrible and it was also purposeless. And I also felt like it was a little too late. You know, the dream happened when I was 16 and fast forward 10 years later from 2010, it's a completely different fucking world. Right? So uh -huh. um, I felt like the reason that I stopped, stopped working in fashion was because I felt like it was purposeless and it also, uh, I don't want to be the slave of getting celebrities, you know, you know, being used in like nepotism transactions rather than actually doing shit that I like, you know, because 
the fiction world is really built around being super fake and kissing ass. And I've never really been that. I've been very cold and I've asked for the things that I've wanted and I've never really played the game, you know? And uh, I was over, you know, fighting with PRs and fighting with managers and just like taught, taught, telling people off and being like, this is ridiculous. Like even a fashion industry anymore. Like, they, like why would I even contribute to this? This is like slavery. Um, so yeah, never playing the game, but like, I thought you wanted to play the game so much that people would have an idea about you that would like, cause like you were working and like trying to maybe have a persona at the same time. It seems just in my like, yeah, I feel like a lot research. of the time. So like, were you, you got too involved and realized the, the risks of having this, per, like, did like your the dark parts of your personality come out and you're like this is bad for me to strive to be oh, a part no, of this world because you think... were like so eager to do it and you had to take a step yeah back. no 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 i think i think i had i think i had a really i had a neediness i had an anxious attachment style i, I was very demanding i, I mm -hmm. really wanted it really <laughs> badly and i and i wanted to i mean i don't know if i crushed people to to get the things that i wanted but i think I was, I, I was very desperate, you know, and um, a part of being desperate was that there was a performative aspect of how I acted with people in the industry, because, you know, when you want something so bad, you're going to, you're going to just use any manipulative technique to try to get it. Right. So I was really mm. operating off of that. And then I, I realized, you know, this is not for me. And um, this is this is not this is not the way to get your needs met. I have to build some type of base inside of myself. Why do I need so much external approval? Then I start, discovered Kabbalah, and then yeah, now I'm enlightened. <laughs> okay, that's a little too simple. Can we just like rewind for a second? Where do you think that need comes from to be approved by so many people? Like a public, because uh, like you know we talk about pop stars and stuff, and I feel like you maybe had a similar urge that they had. Oh me. yeah, I had a clawing need, a clawing need, it, like to the from point a young where... age too, right? Because I, you know, like I said, my light yeah. research, you dropped out of high school at fifteen, I think, and then yeah. started working in fashion. How did that even happen? Yeah, um, um, what, because like... of Kristen Prim because of because of Kristen Prim she was a fashion uh like uh she was she was a part of the Tavi Brian Boy Rooney fashion toast the, that type of era we started to become friends because of a, a pop star girl that I will not name who is was kind Tavi of Gevinson even born yet is that yeah, no, Tavi, oh, no. Tavi 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 was the style rookie at the time oh, so Jesus, it was that okay. era <laughs> and so I was I was editing um I, I was, you know, talking to People's Revolution. I was like, you know, like, I oh was, my God. I was Can we like, talk about Kelly Gatron? <laughs> Did you have any? I, love, yeah, yeah, I yeah. want Kelly Gatron on the pod because I just think we would vibe. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe she would do it. You know, why not? You can manifest it. But um, yeah, I, I was, I was, I was learning everything. You know, I was, I was climbing up the ladder from being a blogger at the time into at some point wanting to be an editor and having influence and power in the way of how I could control a publication to my will. You know, and that was the dream at the time. So I, I worked really hard to get to that, but it was too late because the world was a completely different place. People weren't buying magazines anymore. You know the value yeah. of being an editor wasn't um, the thing, but the clawing need from approval um, is something that 
uh, was always confused me because I always felt like it was an aspect of n not me as well. Like it was like the sensation, it was like I was overworking to, um, over to, to avoid the sensation of my own mortality. And like, I was like, I was trying to say to my, like, I was trying to, how do I say this? Like, I was trying to avoid the pain of so much low self-worth by trying to gain approval through the public. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to show them, you know, I'm going to show people this because I felt so much low self-worth. Right. If you're busy and everyone likes you, then you don't have to like look at yourself. Well, well also that, but also I think like, also it's just from being brainwashed by, you know, like MK ultra of like pop culture, you know, it was just like, I really thought that like, oh, if Taylor Swift get, get posted about my, my writing, it would be a, a true proof to the world that I was a value or like he made it or something like that. It was really mm -hmm. stupid, but my, my brain was, I was young and, and I was, I was trying to understand how to get approval and love from the world but um well you were you're trying to operate from inside the arena you're in the arena and uh the arena is a very dangerous place yeah the arena <laughs> it's very dangerous oh my god um, it's 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 worth it's worthless it's not worth it it's not worth it um i'm in the like nosebleeds of the arena with this podcast but i'm just like I don't want I like I want I want more people to listen but I also don't want to deal with any repercussions of like contemporary culture where people like think they can respond to this like I feel like when people are oh, like, like cancel when, you yeah not, not even I don't whatever if I can like respond to anything people say about what I've said and like deduce it it will stress me out endlessly but like when you know people were on the radio there was no you know people like call in and you just they wouldn't have to hear it you know what i mean i just want to be free yeah, to be yeah, me, yeah, for sure i mean so uh, i'm not gonna let this like stop me from doing this but like the arena is a weird place now and it's like really stifling for artists and it's very unfortunate that like but i also feel like the arena is also simulated you know like it was all like a simulation in my head like real people outside of my own reality and the things valued no one actually really cared for you know it was uh, only because yeah. i was constantly working in fashion and seeing oh you know that person did that shoot with that person or that person did work with that photographer or that person worked with that you know you know there's such this idea that when you work in fashion that like the the big leagues is like doing art direction for a pop star you know what i mean like that's like what your worth is like of what you're gonna get in the end and I was like, no, fuck that. Like, I'm not, I'm not climbing up to be like an art direction credit on like a fucking Ariana Grande video. No, thank you. You know, it seems so, like such hard work and so like underwhelming for your soul because things get consumed so fast yeah. and thrown out. People just scroll past it and they throw it a like and they're like, that's it. And you spent like weeks, night, months putting together like a fucking shoot. And it's so complicated. I've like dabbled in the fashion world being like the lowest rung production assistant on like shoot. That's how I made my money before quarantine is like working on like production, you know, ordering lunch and shit and like helping oh you my know, God. organize the racks worst. of clothes. And, yeah. It, it's just like, the worst. it's, it's, uh, it paid okay, but it wasn't even it, nothing. I just like, don't, I don't know. I'm like a weird, uh, I think like nature kid. I'd rather just live in a cave uh, or like a yeah. shelter in Soho and just be left alone <laughs> than like deal with any of this fucking chaotic and you the people that work in these industries are so overworked and so stressed and 
it's impossible to deal sometimes. Like it's just like it's no, really, no, for sure. It's and so, I feel and, like oh, it's bad. Yeah, I know people I totally shit on something. I'm like, do you even know how like much how many dozens of people worked overtime, missed their family, friends, just to make this fucking like like Chris Jenner's like Christmas card. You know what I mean? Like for the love of God, oh, yeah, like, yeah. don't shit exactly. on it. Think of uh, the proletariat. Oh yeah, no, I know, I know. I mean, I love, I love that you said that because I I feel like when you do work in fashion, with the way you look at the world and look at images um, in the entertainment industry, you see with like XF data. Like you see the call sheet, you see the 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 Uber not going on coming on time. You see all of that, and you see the behind the scenes. It gives you like an expansion pack of how you look at at everything, and it kind of kind of damages you because you think of like oh wow remember when this was all like a fantasy and a dream and like this wasn't like even like grounded in reality at all and now when i watch or like look at something i'm like oh she had to stop to do makeup or you know there was that call sheet and you know someone didn't make it on time and someone was yelling and because you know really everyone you you want to know about the glamour of fashion it's just P, like PR sitting on their phone eating Doritos and look scrolling through Instagram, you know, like, like, like on the couch, you know, like there's no glamour. And, and I feel like all that's left in the fashion world is the delusions of yourself and the world around you. I feel like delusion is the new grunge, you know, it's like, it's like, if you're not delusional, you're not alive. There's, I, I personally believe there's no more influence because there's no pop culture left to influence. So why would I beat a dead horse? It's not like it's 2003 and I'm and I'm working on a music video that the whole fucking planet's gonna see, you know? Well, maybe you should start a boutique podcast that only a few dozen people listen to on Patreon. Oh my God, you don't know how many times people have asked me to start a podcast. Like, I, I, I just, I think it takes a... Uh, a, a, a specific type of person who who has that skill for me, I would I would be just complaining and bitching and be awful and and angry. Like I don't think it would be a fun time for me to be on a podcast. There might be an audience for that, like, or have my own. <laughs> um, I mean, wait, okay. So maybe. when you email me, you're like, people said a lot of great. I'm gonna make this about me. Uh, like people said great things about your show. Like, who were these people specifically? I, I'm kind of dying to know because you're not on social media. You probably didn't know of the show. Oh, just like name, friends name? in New York. What friends in like? Just like friend. Name a friend. I mean, I could tell you when we're off off air. Mouth it. Mouth of the friend. I'll 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 tell I'll tell you I'll tell you off air. Is there a friend? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, there is. There is. There is. Yeah, no. no I, mean, I, I, I promise there is. I know. I'm just I'm giving you a hard time. Um, we never talked the about our astrological... Com- oh, did you get a text message? <laughs> Who is it from? Yeah, um, it's probably so, about the... Continue. I think, like, astrological compatibility, especially on podcasts, is, like, so dumb and stupid. But, like, I feel like when I said mine since you're like in tune with this shit now um so i'm like virgo sun libra moon virgo rising and you're like capricorn you're like the three that people like and you're like oh we're gonna i'm capricorn rising i'm capricorn rising sag moon cancer sun so those are all aligned in a lot those of are the three signs i think people like the most but 
you seem to be you claim to be like unlikable or like you want to be unliked and or maybe or maybe i've created yeah i mean i'm scorpio midheaven and i have a lot of scorpio in the rest of my chart and um i have venus and leo so there's an i mean maybe i've built a perception of maybe i created a villainous like kind of like manson right like i kind of maybe i cr built like a really villainous type character based on my own perceptions of myself rather than allowing myself to be vulnerable because when you're a character with everyone all the time you don't have to be vulnerable right like you can literally just say anything and it won't affect you or someone could say something about you and it won't affect you because you know it's all fake right so being a real person is something that i'm really working on okay yeah interesting i mean like what are you afraid people are gonna find out maybe i'm like really like basic and there's like a, a normal and person like, you know, <laughs> yeah and then i just like eat chicken wings and watch nba you know what i mean like you know like it's just like is that I the worst is I that your I'm, worst nightmare is just being like a guy <laughs> uh, i mean honestly because of society like i mean i mean I, i'm not gonna bring that up but um uh, I think it's very taboo to just be a guy in today's world. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not letting you get off that clean. There must, okay. There must but, be like um, a reason that like you want to feel special. Enough to like avoid is, being right? like just, you know, to add layers to yourself to make people, what you were saying earlier, I think in the beginning of the show, like, you want to reflect the bad parts of people back to themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, that for impulse sure. seems... I mean, like, here's the thing. Turning 30 and being like into, like, basically my mid-30s, that kind of stuff seems, like, very futile to me because it's, like, really not going to get you anywhere. I know you've been through a journey. No, it's extremely... You can talk about, like, sobriety and stuff. And it's extremely you adolescent. Want, but... You've you've, you've been through adolescent. shit, and I get that, and I, I'm not gonna diminish that. But uh, the the reinvention or like the uh, the like I have to be this putting other people first, like a public being in in the arena. I think like the arena has gotten or had gotten to you at a certain point, um, and yeah, I'm yeah. I'm just wondering how you feel about that now. Like maybe you should just. <laughs> eat the wings and watch the, the TV show and uh, maybe tweet about, you know, <laughs> that. <laughs> and be that guy. Is that the worst nightmare? Yeah. No, I'm no. I mean, I think, I think that's, that's probably, probably the truth. I think, I guess maybe because I've always looked up to artists who always had like, like Manson or, you know, Madonna, people who've always had like public images or fantasy mythological type people around that, like uh, their, their, uh, their uh, persona, you know, and that's like what people would know about them, you know, but I really, I really learned like the hard way that um, that actually keeps people away from connecting to you. And the people that people connect to are the most authentic, uh, natural people who are just really revealing their as aspects of themselves that are really true. People don't want to engage with a simulacra of like a facsimile of an idea of someone a perception people don't like that shit in the real world yeah and i think it's probably been tough because like the work you've done in the past i mean this i don't want to like make anyone you know answer for stuff they've done like a long time ago but like all the work you've done was 
you're behind the scenes. So it's not like you yeah. necessarily. You're like no. accredited and very highly. But like, you know, we see on social media today, no one really even cares about the product at the end of the day. They're just like, oh, it looks good. No, no, you know, it's done. no, exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, no, I agree. I think, I think, I think like that's kind of exactly it too, you know? Like I kind of know that like getting press and like being a part of all of this means nothing, right? So yeah. when I just play with it, it's it's more so me just using it like as an opportunity to do kind of like performance art, right? But I'm now, the reason I put out my book and it was to end all of that, to end that chapter, to end that aspect and then to, you know, be, real realize realize you know like authentic and you know change people's perceptions of me but no one even knows who i am so it doesn't even matter you know what i mean <laughs> cool i'm actually glad you said that and uh, i think this is a great time to talk about your book uh pop magic uh magic with a ck at the end because there's a yeah. difference between like you're not a, you're not pulling a rabbit out of a hat you know what i mean no. which i think is cool because uh, I saw a guy in the L-Train do that once 10 years ago, and I still think about it. But you released a book called Pop Magic. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rose McGowan wrote the foreword. Can you just, like, okay, because I don't have the book. Uh, this all this this episode came out very quickly. Um, what did Rose McGowan say in the foreword? Because she wrote the foreword. Um, I'm just like, I'm let obsessed Let me with her. pull it up. You love Is Rose? It, well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's a she's a sad. Uh, I mean, she's Virgo. She's Virgo, like you. Oh, is she? Cool. Yeah, she's sad moon like me though. Um, I just appreciate how unhinged I guess she is, and maybe un she's unhinged as a, as a term is is insulting, and I don't mean it that way. Oh, I um, love her when she's like when she's like Alyssa Molino is a lie. Like when she yes, says that so fucking dry. that video. I was gonna like mention that she said it. I think Glenn Greenwald like retweeted that. I was like vibe, because um, like she's a Alyssa hilarious. Milano's, like husband's like a CIA agent, and like it's just it's inside conspiracy. Like she has such a rose. She such a yeah, she flew a little too close to the sun. She knows the truth, and uh, I, I yeah, I love Rose. Okay, this God. is what Rose said. Can I read you the forward? Oh, read it. Yeah. <laughs> this is so fucking histrionic. Okay. <laughs> Magic is the art of utilizing natural forces around us to bring about change. I stand for change. That's what this book does. It brings change, change of thought, change of action, change of spirit. Magic is neutral, neither good nor evil. Take this book for what it is. A look beyond, behind and beyond the mirror. Come on the journey. Rose McGowan. <laughs> Vibe. Yeah. So... <laughs> Break down your book for me a little bit. Like, it's, from my understanding, it's like how, okay, so magic, it, there are forces that are magical that are affecting us on a day-to-day -day basis. It's pop iconography. It's just, like, social media. And, like, these are energetic yeah, yeah. forces. And your book, Sigils, Sigils um, offers a way to sort of undo that. Am I close to the premise no 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 yeah 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 no that that's that's an aspect of it but also it's a way it, i wrote it because i wanted i was interested in the occult i i had used magic to advance myself in my life and um i i saw um, a gap in the market for a book that kind of captured where we were with um you know astro poets and like you know twitter occultism 
and like YouTube occultism and YouTube witchcraft and all this type of stuff. And I wanted to create a book that was a simplified idea of occult practices to kind of teach you how to do magic, you know, because it's a non-dogmatic, non-discriminatory spiritual system. And I think one of the reason the world is so fucked up right now is because we're so solipsistic because we have no sense of spirituality, no connection to a higher power, no connection to God. And um, I, I wanted to also share like all of my stupid little uh, stories working in the industry and kind of like uh, immortalize that time in my life. And I kind of put it out as like a trash literature, trash occult book, uh, and it became a audible bestseller. So that's pretty cool. Vibe, congrats. When you said there was a gap in the market, like, is it because that like occult people and like YouTube, like, um, wick uh people <laughs> they're so corny and unbearable and like there's people like maybe me that would like never enter that realm and did you think that like you could step in and kind of make it tangible to someone like me who's like uh yeah i just kind of was to, yeah i kind of wanted to make to it a, a different like, vibe. accessible uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I even really say that in the book. I was like, you don't have to wear robes or, or do embarrassing shit. Like, you just need to light a candle and 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 uh, <coughs> you know, try on a specific moon phase and try to try to manifest something. You know, um, but I also did think of it in a very product way. Like, I wanted it stocked in Urban Outfitters. I knew the way to design it. I knew the people to get attached to the book. Like, it's very calculated to be a product, but it's also. Um, not ironic but it's it's very sarcastic towards the magic world i knew that they would all shit themselves if a book called pop magic was released and they're all so serious and witches and you have to read seven books about gardenia witchcraft you know they're so nerdy right so i wanted to kind of be like hey i'm gonna do something super pop in an arena that you're not supposed to do that in and piss everyone off and they did get pissed off you know horrible reviews uh, from witches about the book yeah and you don't care about that like you're fine no 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 i don't i don't care oh yeah no i expected it wait do you do you do you care about like how people feel about you like people liking you not anymore no no i i I know i used to like at your age i did yeah yeah well i'm turning 27 right so and when i was a teenager i used to pray that i would be dead by 27 so Mm -hmm. i need to do a lot of undoing of that and say i'm so sorry universe like can we please no Um, when i made it to 27 i was like shit all right now i guess i have to like that's when i was like okay i guess i have to just like live my life and try to be better and not there's no more wallowing there's no more like oh will i will i live it was like it's like you're you're alive at this point and i I, 27 may seem arbitrary yeah yeah you know there's a reason why a lot of like important musicians and artists die at that age it's kind of when you're like you feel like calling it quits it seems young to people my age and older, but when you're living in your early twenties, twenty-seven is just like it's a. It seems dooming. It's like oh shit, something's gonna change then, and then something's gonna change when you're thirty, um, and you kind of fear this moment where like your youth and your not innocence, but like you're just adolescent, like you're just you. Your body looks different. You age. You gain weight. You start wrinkling. 
it's yeah the beginning of the end um <laughs> and i just kind of don't give a shit anymore i mean i do slightly but like mostly i don't and i That's know what in, people like, say a about few your 30s years, i will just like truly um i used to care about how much i weighed and all this stuff and i'm like oh my god like i just uh, my outlook now is like i will just be as good as i can and someone will maybe appreciate me for exactly how i am um and if not i guess i'll just keep being single and podcasting because that's like all i've got you know going on it's it's not important to think so that, that's much, very beautiful to think so much you know what i mean that's so beautiful you know honestly they say that your 30s are very freeing for that reason you, you stop calculating you stop thinking you start you start really coming into who you are and you get to relax you know that's why i'm really excited for my 30s honestly i feel like my early 20s i really feel like the same i felt when i was like 18 or 17 and i looked back at being like 12 and 13 that's how i feel about 22 and 23 like i'm like that's like a completely different human being and like a child you know what i mean like mm-hmm. when i was like 22 and i went on milo's podcast you know what i mean i was like i don't even, oh I don't yeah even, I, I can't even process that human yeah so you went to milo yana yan yaniopolis podcast you got some flack for that i see nothing wrong with that i would go on his podcast i would like to just because i never really got too close to like his vibe because i just feel like he's quite literally addicted to fame and like he is just he will do and say whatever to just and and now you see his it's gotten exhausted to the point where he's starting a conversion he's no longer gay he's starting a a conversion therapy camp in florida oh dude lohanthony's lohanthony Lohanthony too therapy is my favorite thing (laughs) that's my favorite that's like fucking next level like that's like that's the simulation breaking in the best beautiful most beautiful way possible like i was like this is this is this is this is pop art this is this is it this is just it you know like the low anthony trend i mean obviously you know it's horrible whatever but you know what i mean it's like, like deeply it, it's, sad it's but fucking, it's like it just shows funny you. and then it's like both at the same time well no it just shows you how fucking insane the world is like how insane life yeah. is like how we don't he would never have to do this if it wasn't so for him being in the arena the arena does stuff to people yeah you know and Milo like, oh, yeah, wanted no, no, to be in the sure. arena, realized he wasn't good enough to be in the arena or wasn't offering enough and was like, you know, just pulling cheap stunts. And now he's like getting, he's broke and he's like having people fund his conversion therapy camp, which is like, I mean, the Milo, lowest of the low. Yeah, Milo, you know, I'm happy that we're talking about this because it's usually something that podcasts put on their questions and i always like can't like i always avoid it and i always like no we can't we can't bring folks to that but now that i'm older now i can laugh at it but yeah milo the only reason that appealed me to go on to it was because i was very interested in his dialogue about critiquing um pop culture and feminism and kind of like where we were headed i wasn't really under i had no really understanding of conservatism and republican shit and i kind of went on it not to troll but i feel like i kind of was doing not like dirtbag left before dirtbag left but i just kind of went on it to just be like fuck everything you know fuck like super apathetic nihilistic attitude but i was also like really thinking thought it was really funny if i acted super like valley 
to a bunch of like bodybuilder bros, you know, like on like a Breitbart podcast. So I was just being like, you know, fucking up that space. But obviously it was stupid that I did it. You know what I mean? Like, I just didn't know what I was doing. Maybe I liked the idea of, do I, I think it was the first podcast I had ever done in my life. You know, I think maybe. I liked oh, wow. Okay. That's a yeah. pretty big yeah. entering to the main stage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I think, I think it was like that. I mean, he, what do you guys Joe, talk about? Joe Rogan and him talked about it on Joe Rogan's podcast, like my podcast with him. So that was like the the moment of, of that. And I didn't really even understand what Joe Rogan was back then. What we talked about was all he was saying was like, you know, freedom of speech, uh, be a creative, do what you want, fuck uh, everyone, like don't be dogmatic, you know, just simple shit. Like it wasn't really that deep. Did he like you? What was his vibe? I mean, like, God, I don't even, never mind. Ugh, Milo's just like, as much as I, I used to think he was like a funny he was, caricature. He's obsessed with and like, he was obsessed with Mariah Carey. I actually found out who he was from Kat's Twitter <laughs> yeah. in 2014. This is a different era, yeah. I was like, why is Kat talking to this dude? Like, who is this? You know, because I feel like Kat had some kind of influence back then, right? Where I was like, actually thinking of like, who's cat talking to like you know i was interested in her life at that time so i it was like i checked it out and um yeah i was like oh this is interesting and it was around the time that like i got not canceled but like i got like publicly shamed on like someone's tumblr or something for like not like doing some activism thing and like it was the first time i was really introduced to a social justice warrior and it was before social justice warriors were a thing and i was like what the fuck? I thought these people were my friends. Why are they posting my fucking texts? Like, and then I, oh, I, I was, text. I was lost, Jesus. you know, you know, you know what they say, like, <laughs> you know what they say, right? Like the, the people go where the love is, right? People go where, and I feel like it was, it was that kind of thing. Like he showed me um, acceptance or intellectual stimulation. It was, it was a nightmare in retrospect. I mean, <clears throat> Brett, Brett, I think Brett and him are still friends. Like Brett, didn't Brett Easton Ellis, yeah. Anything. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> like, like, like Brett was like, Brett was pretty supportive of Milo. <laughs> like when I, when I was a fake bitch and I and I ghosted him when all of that shit and I stopped talking to him and I was like, no, I'm not associating with him ever again. I think Brett stopped going to dinner with him and shit. <laughs> so Brett's a real one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Diplo is your sex therapist? Is that is it possible for adult blonde oh, men to be hot? I read a thing and you used that the Diplo was your sex therapist. Oh my god, no. That's in the that's in the flaunt article. Um, oh okay. yeah, I so just, we can uh, you can talk in it for a second. But do you think blonde men can be hot adults? Uh is Diplo blonde? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't know that he was bleached blonde right now. He's, like, blonde. Oh, the Wi-Fi I mean, uh, Diplo, he, he, <laughs> we're getting fucked right now. I know, I, I brought <laughs> up sex and we're getting fucked. Um, <clears throat> um, <laughs> um D- Diplo, uh, yeah, oh, do you mean, like, the cover I did with him, like, the, in drag? Well, I'm just wondering, like, is he a mentor in any way to you? Or are you in contact? Oh, yeah. No, he's, he's, a, he's, a, 
he's he, he's just a good good friend like he, he's 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 been a good secure attachment in my life you know i don't have a, a lot of secure attachment in my life don't have a lot of consistent friendships so he's been someone who's been there since day one you know um yeah i feel like him and brett are probably the only like secure attachments i have in my life <laughs> you don't have like really? close friends in like vancouver do you live alone do you hang out? Um, yeah, I, I I I live in in Vancouver, and um, I I don't really have close friends. I don't think I really have a good reputation in the city. Oh, that doesn't make me feel great. You got to work on that. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> you no, can have good friendships. Yeah, no, no, for sure. This has been very healing, you know. Like this, like this has been this has been really healing. Just like talking to you and you know deconstructing everything and, and and thinking about everything and um i really uh, i really appreciate it because um i think also i want you to be like very self-aware that like you know i'm aware that you know in the press when everything about me seems more big or huge than what it is like i don't have the ego that follows what you see in that like i'm aware that like no one knows who i am and i'm nobody you know like i've always known that <laughs> yes so you email me i did a quick google and i was like you know what honestly like i saw an article in out magazine where you came out as demisexual so i was like oh he's probably gay maybe we didn't have to even, like, talk about that, but I like, Googled a pic and I was like, oh, he's attractive. I'll just have him on the show. So that was when I was like, yes, Alex is coming on the show. Then I did a little bit more Googling and I was like, I don't know if I need to even know all this shit because I truly don't care. Because we like emailed back and forth and I was like, I think you get, you know, you, some, you said some very kind things about my show. And I was like, okay, so then you get the vibe and that's kind of all I need to, to go on. Um, and I can talk to like any person really if you can't then you have to like figure out why not and it is uh you know I'm a, I'm a very stressed out i get i do get like triggered very easily but like it's not something i'm proud of and it's like not something you need to just like relinquish and you need to like work breathe through it you know what i mean um yeah, yeah, I, also i didn't think you were a person that would like uh you know <laughs> i didn't think you were gonna have a bad time if i did you know you wouldn't be on the show um fuck what was i getting at um but yeah, your um your past preceding you. I mean, you're still you're so young, uh, and like, it it really doesn't matter. I, I you I mean you've you've reinvented yourself a bunch of times, uh, and yeah, I think that like you'll probably get exhausted of doing that eventually, and just be like the guy who eats wings, and <laughs> you'll get back on Twitter, and you'll say, yeah, no, no, I, I, I can't believe Le LeBron it. got traded, and maybe you and Kat Marnell will reconnect, and you'll talk about basketball. I don't know what happened between TV. It does seem like something hey, Wait, weird, does, is, is, Kat, is Kat watching playoffs? She likes she's basketball? obsessed with basketball, yeah. Oh, my God. Is, I wonder how she feels about Trey Young rocking the Knicks. This I would have no idea, because I, I see it, and I guess what? Scrolling right by, I don't give up but i like that she likes it it's um you know it's uh i think <laughs> i think a lot i think a lot of the reason that i've done the things that i've done in my life and in my career is because of the expectation of being disliked or the expectation of being the enemy or something or you know i don't think it's kind that of i think that there's probably like and the reason why i think i connected with you 
is there's like probably some like very there's a lot of like early life stuff that's like very bad and it does seem impossible to work through but like it's not it's never gonna be solved through the public or like a persona or like anything like that you know what i mean Oh yeah, that that all that all blurred out. But, but it seems like you've given it up. I think I've got the yeah. gist of what you meant. But no, of course. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Like I think um, I I go, I go to therapy twice a week. You know, oh, that's amazing. Like, I, no, that's good. That's I live good. a very pri- private. I have I have a very private life. You know, I'm I'm working on my att- attachment style, addiction, all that type of stuff all the time, right? So, I think it. I think it's. Uh, but see, I'm not interested in ever being a victim of anything that's ever happened to me or defining myself as mm-hmm. a victim or ever being or even even being like attached to things that have happened to me and making them a part of my identity or psyche. Like I'm not that type of person. Like yeah. I, if something horrible happens to me that's out of my control, then you know what? That shit happens. Move on. Like I have a very like Gen X attitude towards life, probably because my dad is a boomer. So, um, yeah, I my parents are like, in their seventies, uh, so like, like I, a, you know, I don't talk to one of them. Um, yeah, I'm, I have a stoic, a stoic attitude, but I would never like, you know, publicly air out my dirty laundry or, or my my problems on a social media outlet or anything like that because that doesn't solve anything. That's what because no, I have I an empathy for yeah. the sick people, sick people who go to Twitter and 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 and. Uh, allow all of their unwell emotions to be public because they're not they don't have a resource to heal or to to uh fix the wounding that is uh, uh, having them behave that way yeah. and i think that's important to to heal yes i think like telling your story actually makes it worse in a way because then you're thinking about how people are thinking about you telling your story and it's like and you're not that Ooh. special, right? At the end of the day, we're not the center of the world, you know? Like, I think a part of growing up for me was, like, really realizing, you know, like, all my pain and emotions and all my feelings. Like, you know, like, when I was a teenager, I used to listen to, like, Fiona Apple and, like, Hole and, like, all this type of stuff. And I and I was like, everything is about my emotions. Everything is about my feelings. And as I grew up, I was like, what the f-? Like, I can't even resonate with that kid anymore, you know? Because you just grow out of, like, that that attitude and you start to have a more stoic attitude towards the world, you get a little bruised. And I think, I think that's good. I think that's something that's exciting about my late twenties is the bruising. Yeah. I mean, look at Courtney love today. She just posted on Instagram wearing Kim Kardashian center, a bunch of skims pajama wear and she's wearing them and she's very happy to do that. You just have like so many different lives in your lifetime. I love Courtney love. Yeah, I wasn't trying she's, to like she's, she's, shade her. She's been I nothing just... but cool in my encounters with her. Yeah, and also like, like very cool if, person. If, if someone gives that much and like their their art like resonates and echoes throughout decades, like you just give them the benefit of the doubt for the rest of their fucking life. You have carte blanche. You can never say yeah. if anyone like said anything about Courtney Love, I would just uh, I'd freak out. You know, I would freak out. There's certain people I'd freak out about. Uh, Mariah Carey, definitely. Um, and I have before. There was a British guy at a bar <laughs> once who uh, I was excited. I was talking to someone and I was like, oh my God, Mariah Carey finally got inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. He's like, 
oh, she doesn't even write her own songs. I was like, you fucking bitch. She writes all of them. That's her art. He doesn't even know. He just <laughs> diminished her. And like her, I mean, like, ugh, I, I, I'm, you know, but you know, Mariah's not, or she's like a God given talent. Her voice is like an octave higher or whatever, you know, the whole thing. Um, she has everything uh, in her stacked in her arena because she is the star of the arena. It's, it's, yeah, it's Cor- Courtney, Courtney comes Laura. from a very, a special, um, she, the stars were very aligned for her, you know, like she had her, she, every, the, the, the time Hole came out and, and the, you know, the timing of Celebrity Skin and her taking over Hollywood, you know, her life is a fairy tale in a lot of ways and also a nightmare and a tragedy, but she, she was someone who had the wounding of needing approval and needing fame and needing success and doing anything to get it. And she, she was she was known to be i mean something that you have to know everyone knows about courtney love is that uh she wants it so bad you know like there's such a neediness for in her she's a cancer like me right and that neediness um it it works for a while but as you get older (laughs) people don't respond to it anymore it's not cute when you're not a teenager and you're 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 like a kid in your 20s people don't see it as ambitious anymore they just see it as like you okay bro (laughs) yeah because there's young kids who are like they think they're creating culture and like oh this old person's fucking up the vibe (laughs) and i've been that person before yeah yeah i'm like oh okay i'll just oh yeah i mean move to greenpoint and proceed and just do a podcast. <laughs> like I'm not even in the arena of Gen, Gen Z is anymore. very yeah. like like ambient. <laughs> Gen Z is like very ambient attitude, like lowercase, like you know, like you know, they're not. They want to not appear needy or not appear uh, um, like they want anything. But deep down, they're like also needy, and that's why they make a hundred TikToks a day and all that. Yeah, you but know? like that's like the thing. I'm wondering, like, okay, so like they're on social media, they're on TikTok, they're doing all these things. But, like, they might feel, like, complete shit about it, just like how I am. And I guess you're not, because you're not on social media anymore. I feel like you might have burner accounts you dabble in. No, I don't. No? I have, I have, parent, I have parental locks on all my devices so that I can't, I can't, uh, <laughs> I have an iPod Touch, and there's a parental lock. Ooh, I iPod Touch, that's scintillating I can't, to hear that, those I, words. I can't access anything, so I just have my my pebble and my ipod touch and uh, i'm i'm really i really do live off the grid in a lot of ways but of course i hear about i study the zeitgeist i study what the kids are doing i have to you know but uh, I how do, do you it in do a, that though well you do it i do it in a contained way i do it in the way a mom did on the internet you know uh, like just go checking your checking uh okay i'm gonna put on a timer go on the internet for one hour and then i'm gonna leave the problem is is that people don't sign out anymore people have to remember on iChat we used to sign out we used yes, to no, okay so you have one hour what do you do where do you in go? my one hour i call yeah, what it what do you do so i call it my aol hour so I check emails. Um, I can search. I, I get like a certain amount of time I get to do on the internet. I can go to certain websites if I want. What read. websites do you watch? Um, you should just watch the Wendy Williams show. She gives you the rundown. That's really good. Oh, the Wendy Williams Lifetime movie was one of the best pieces of art I've ever seen in my life. Oh, thank God. It, it, was, it was it was extremely powerful. The documentary or the like sort of live action version? Oh, um, the 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 movie that was based on her life i i love yeah. lifetime i love i love that oh, uh 
Bless, bless. Yeah, I love um, her. I just, I mean, yeah, I, I watch Wendy every day. Oh, that's that's amazing. She's she's she's. I think she's a, a force of of nature. She is like, and this I actually like, I, I don't model myself after her necessarily, but like her, she will just like pivot between like talking about something that she doesn't even care about, and then talk about like a meal she had, and go on about that meal, and then like talk about the leftovers she had longer than like, you know, like. Kylie Jenner's like ex- oh no when she talks about her I'm like this is so good when she talks about her talking to us and I can't even imagine like being in that arena of like having cameras crew dozens of people around you telling you what to do and she's just like so I went out to dinner and I did this it's like that's powerful to me she's like you know what I want to be relatable I want to talk to the camera like a best friend and that is so rare and so beautiful and so profound yeah yeah and Wendy she's- Williams is like the She's that. She's everything. Yeah, she's a cancer also. Um, okay. Do you like cancers? <laughs> I guess I do. <laughs> yeah, I don't I not mean, like any sign. Well. I just, I don't know. I would have to, like, make a list of people I don't like and then see. But honestly, at this point in my life, it's not good for my blood pressure to really not like anyone. Um, so yeah, I mean, you're, like, talking to you is kind of like, you know, like in the Grinch, like when, the, when you're like the heart like opens <laughs> up, like this is what I feel like is happening to me. I'm like having all these like revelations of like, wow, like, you know, like that you can have friends, you can have people who support you, you can have, you can have happy life. I'm like, Holy shit. Like, you don't that's, have to have so a sweet. I mean, I mean, I'm always. Oh, I don't, I don't cut out. Um, yeah, I mean, you don't have to care. <laughs> the thing is, like, uh, it's it's tough. It's a journey. I'm I'm still always caring, but um, as you get older, I mean, even though I had like a considerable amount of friends in my twenties and stuff, every year it just gets smaller, and you appreciate the relationships you have because, like, you just don't have time to meet up with people, um, and yeah. so. It, like friends that you love and you think about every day. Oh my god, like, I'm having like this. Think about like issue. three times a year, and like if you quantify and think about that, I'm just like that's not acceptable to me. But I'm that having just a huge is revelation how it is. Right There's so much shit out of our control. What's the revelation? Speak. I'm thinking like, <laughs> is the reason that I started watching like nine the, the late the early nineties nine hundred two one zero is because I'm like simulating what it feels like to have a friend group and like and like what it feels like to have friends like you know like I'm kind of like 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 maybe I'm like like subconsciously drawn to a show about like a sense of order in friendship and like consistent attachment because I'm like simulating it in like the void that I don't have in my own life you know so you really don't have any friends you don't have anyone you <laughs> no I do. I, I, I do I do I mean look I have I have, have people in my life it's just very difficult for me to like be emotionally available or be, be vulnerable because I would rather like do things on my color coordinated google calendar you know like i would rather be like i would rather be doing tasks for my career or try to become successful in whatever way i see like rather than have like 
healthy friendships, you know, like I, and, and I always bought into that idea of like, Oh, sacrifice for success. You can't have friends. You can't, you have to be alone. You have to be a lone wolf. You have to do it all alone. I really bought into like that dialogue, that masculine male, like personal development dialogue. Right. And so I, I've sacrificed a lot, you know, to even write my own book, to get my book deal, to do all that. Yeah, damn. I mean, that is, I mean, I know you, that's not such a predominant thing necessarily. Like, that's weird that I did all that? <laughs> no, it's it's like that you had to sacrifice friendship. Because it's not even like a liberal, like, like, cuck thing that like, oh, like, you know, uh, friendship's bad or like a like conservative like men are weird i can't talk to them i'm i'm a little drunk okay i'm in yeah that. um it's like you should have like a, a, a at least one person to kind of just be like yeah no hey, i i think i, I what'd you have for lunch today? I that's a good text what'd you have for lunch today i like i, I mean lunch. that's why Hello? Hey. Ask ask a person Hello? what they had for lunch. Oh shit. Yeah, sorry. We bought, yeah. <laughs> I might edit that. No, out no, no, I hear you. Like I hear you. Literally that's insane. Ki- that's that that's kind of that's kind of my relationship with Brett is like that. Like we just talk about like stuff like that. That's pretty much That's why I love going to LA and and being able I miss going to LA because that's probably one of the only like people in the world that I like I have like a real connected friendship and secure attachment with there's no one in Vancouver you can just like uh, go to Starbucks with I imagine like Starbucks in the Pacific Northwest and like Canada must be just such a beautiful there, I'm, there I'm very green straw mafia I have to just... do my part yeah i have to do my part i mean i'm not gonna i'm trying to fix your life in one episode or anything this is not like a doctor this is like ilana fix my Uh, life i feel like i'm on ilana fix my life right now i know i have this like thing Uh, that i do when there's anyone even like slightly younger than me even though i have literally no answers to anything i just like wanna maybe have like baby fever or something Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i don't want kids but you know um I do want yeah, someone I mean, to think about besides myself because it's exhausting. I'm, oh yeah, no, of course. I'm so like, tired of being trans- myself. But you want to transcend your impossible. ego. You yeah. want to transcend your ego and your solipsism. I've you thought enough. Want, you... I've done enough. Uh, but I like yeah. you know I like taking photographs. It's like my thing. Always do that. Always do the pod. But like other than that, I mean, there's no. I feel like self exploration at, at my age is like I think I figured I did. A, a lot of drugs very early on in my life hallucinogenics dozens of times before i was 18 and i just like i think i expanded my mind a little too much and uh yeah i'm like i get it i love that you You know i get it you have a timothy leary you're having a timothy leary terrence mckenna like existential moment i love (laughs) it (laughs) yeah i'm there's one specific uh visualization i had i was at my best friend's house he lived around the corner from me his dad was like a state trooper so whenever we were like on mushrooms or as we like 
hide it. But like we'd just be like cackling and cracking up. And I walked home and I stopped dead in my tracks and I like zoomed out and just saw the web of like telephone poles and telephone wires in my town. And I like had a very grim like uh moment where I was like, oh, we're just we're just like slaves to like Verizon and like the electrical company and like that's all that matters. <laughs> And I still kind of feel like they were just like data. And I was like 14 or 15. Yeah. Couldn't even drink. That's so lit. That's, that's fucking Like, oh, my little level. town nestled like... in a valley. It's just like little, like Christmas lights in a, in a valley. And like you zoom out and no one cares. And I was like, oh, I, my life You're already matter. deprogramming yourself. That's amazing. Yeah. And no, I'm that... <laughs> very evolved. That's why I started a podcast at 31 years old, <laughs> Alex. <laughs> you know that that's that that that's honestly that's honestly amazing yeah no i honestly i honestly think that's really fucking dope that you already had that relationship at fucking 14 where it was drugs know, was like and i like, then i just i mean i always thought everyone family friends everyone just seems so absurd everything was so absurd to me growing up like i there's like a family story where I was three years old at a restaurant. It was like me, my mom, my brother, cousin, aunts and stuff. I was three years old. Something happened. No one can remember what happened, but I like set, I would always mock my family. I would like grill them. And uh, I said something at a restaurant and they were all like roaring with laughter. And to this day, they can't remember. I think that moment, like maybe like the validation of getting like laughter, um, did something to me and then I would always mock everyone in my family because there's literally everyone's so absurd and like beyond like King of the Hill it's just like it's it's crazy uh and I I think that's uh where you know whatever you this need to is get doing Gaia now TV. comes from you need to get Gaia TV that seems like this is the kind of vibe you're on it's like a what's spiritual that? What's Gaia uh, TV? streaming it's a it's like a streaming um uh, service with only um spiritual videos about like 5d consciousness and like it's all like women in their 40s and 50s talking about how they talk to aliens and elevated and there's kundalini yoga on it and it's like uh it, and it's like also stuff to deprogram there's old terence mckenna stuff um you know joseph murphy i think you'd like it a lot <laughs> like when it you're sounds stronger. like i'm not trying to get involved with any <laughs> i'll watch the real housewives I will lay on my Shakti mat at night and decompress. And that's as far as I'm going to go. Someone told me that I remind them of Denise Richard on Housewives. I don't know what that Denise means. Denise Richards. I mean, she's like hot and you, you kind of have like a voice that's like, uh, like a little sultry, a little sultry, yeah, yeah. a little sultry. Um, no, I mean, I think like also because I think she's trying to always control her image, right? Is she, yeah, she's thing. manip. She's like trying to control her image and you can't tell if she's being honest or manipulative. And I think you are struggling with that. And I wish you would just let it go because yeah. you, you, yeah, me and Denise, you both. have all you need to work with. You don't have to be anyone besides yourself. Oh my God. Ew. I just like That's... hurt myself. I hate giving advice. It's awful. I'm sorry. I take it back. It's so bad. No, no. <laughs> you don't have is, to be anyone besides literally... yourself. It's fucking gross. <laughs> no, no, the, no, no, dude. I love it. It was very Jamae, but I look at everything. It was the so Jamae. I look at I, I look at everything through the eyes of Chris Lee and Jamae. Like I love. Like, I, do you listen to his podcast, the uh, Jamae J- thing? Oh I just, my god! Uh, yeah, it's, it's like a 15-20 minute podcast. podcast. Yeah, just get into it. Was 
like fucking blew my mind. It was everything I've ever wanted in my entire life. Like that was the best. Yeah. It was amazing. I love amazing the musical stylings. Like perfect. He nails it every time. So oh detail God. oriented. It's so just big. like, like yeah. he, he just knows. He knows. He knows. It's fucked. He's like so tapped in. He's like an alien. He's like extraterrestrial. Yeah, he's like a true artist. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is a true artist. I honestly feel like it's so crazy because like coming here, like I kind of like I was everything was like calculated in my head and I was like, oh, I have to talk about this and I have to think about this and I have to do this and I have to come off of this way and all this type of stuff. And now I'm like, wow, like it's just crazy to just have like a normal conversation and like just chill and like relax, you know? And like, I kind of want to maybe do that more in my life. Yeah, you should go on more podcasts, but you're not going to find me as earnest as <laughs> I Oh, that's very kind. I mean, yeah, I had like a, a lot of notes and I wasn't sure how was it was going to go. And uh, I think it went very well. Um, I love just because I, love I thought you were maybe you, like a uh, stunt queen. And I was um, like, are you using me to do anything? But you're not. We had a very. Uh, no, I think I actually, I think I was actually just looking for human connection when I wrote you. I was just like looking for like resonance or just like a person to talk to really. And, you know, um, I feel really good about reaching out because I feel like it was the right thing to do because I feel, I honestly feel changed. Like I know. Like, no, I don't, don't. Be I sad. do. I do. I feel. Don't take it I, that high. You're not changed. No, no, no. I don't you? feel changed, Unless but I want. feel, I feel like, I feel <laughs> like I don't, want, <laughs> I don't want to do look, I don't want to look at the world through, you know, the lens of, of how I was before this type of conversation. Like, I feel like we worked through so much that I feel like I want to change how I uh, present myself to the world. Yeah, and like, just don't even think about it. Just lead with like being like cool and like funny and people will like gather around. That. I mean, that's what people like anyways now too, right? You know, being glossy and, and uh, stunty isn't, it doesn't work anymore. So you no, mentioned it, it never did for me. It never did for me. Can I just like talk about my life in New York in my twenties? Yeah, yeah. I had no fucking money to do anything. I would go to parties that like people were at, quote unquote people, that I knew were influential and stuff. I would sneak beers in my bag, pockets. I mean, I literally I think until I was like twenty nine had like never in my life had more than like two hundred dollars in my like debit account literally no savings account i still don't have a savings account um but i like to party i like to be around the people i like to have fun um but then like everyone there was like doing so much more well than me they were like in the arena they were like you know doing photos they were like working on so-and-so they were stylists assessments all this shit and like they would never pay me any time of day and i would just see people operating and i was like okay well, if their attitude is like, I'm not with that, then I guess I'm not, even though, like, I just wanted to just, you know, sort of have a good time. Um, but when you... Yeah. And this this is, like, yeah, true, no, not even I, just in I, New York. Think... It's not a fashion. It's, like, 
a, a thing that like people relate on an economic level where you we're always analyzing ourselves is like can you afford this can you afford this can you afford this how and because and, life makes more sense when you're with people that like know your um financial struggles because like finances dominate a lot of shit so does race too uh, but in new york in the time when i was in my early 20s people were just kind of like all getting along and like vibing and then now it's a little different but it everyone's still vibing it's just like a, on instagram everyone's uh being insane uh whatever um i just aged out of that and now i'm like in my 30s and a lot of these people that i looked at that wouldn't look at me are in my realm now and it's cool i guess uh but like i was like why did it take that long like there was nothing stopping this there was literally nothing stopping this and then the universe responded to that yeah the image or just like what you think you look like what you think you need around you i think the internet cut out again i can hear you okay i went on a long-winded rant about clubbing in new york in my 20s and is all of that you're gonna edit all of that right i'm probably not (laughs) i don't really edit I might cut. Well, like, like the internet fucking up. It really doesn't take as much uh, time as you think. Yeah, I mean, I might, I might, I might clip. I might clip. No, no, no. Alex, I might clip. It's just my vibe. I've created (sighs) this. It's like people are still um... with me, uh, even through all that. Because, like, honestly, it's impossible to record a podcast on person and not have like a little bit of a wabi sabi. You know, it's just like it just is what it is yeah yeah for sure yeah but having said that i feel like we've done we've rec- I, I like to do like an hour we've done like i would say an hour and 45 and i love that yeah yeah no no yeah we're we're good to go i like um i like that you um uh, uh said <laughs> said that you you thought I, w- I was gay i feel like that's good for sales well, that's what I thought you thought was good. Like, it's no one's business. It's no one's business who I fuck. I'm like, that's just like a straight guy wanting gay guys to like him. So you can't pull a fast oh, one. Oh wow! I see, right? I, right? I mean, come on. But I get why wow. you'd say that. It really is no one's business. But it's also not a big deal to just say. How could you figure that out though? So you 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 you've seen this kind before. I mean, yeah, I guess, or not if you, really. If you could, if you could uh, articulate that in, in your head. No, the thing is, I don't see that kind of. Or all. you're psychic. No one's but like, I, uh, I will. It's not. If you're in like magazines and you're in the public realm, you're like, it's no one's business who I fuck. It's like, you just want everyone to like you, and you don't want gay guys to not like you anymore. Same thing that uh, Porches did. Dev Hines did it a little bit. It's like queer baiting, gay baiting. It's fine. You know, that was an old interview. I'm not going to nail you to the cross. I'm not stupid, Alex. I mean, come on. <laughs> I've been baited before. Uh, yeah, in your email, honestly, in your email to me, you said I wanted, you wanted to talk about the destruction of gay culture. I'm like, oh, okay, so maybe he's gay. Then I was like, wait, no, he's not. I, I, can, I, can, I can spot the lie pretty 
pretty quickly now now okay well um uh, so any single ladies out there public... <laughs> oh my in God. vancouver you look like you're in a very nice apartment this too is... <laughs> this is this is too real this you made shit way too real i hope i hope the lgbtq oh it's, that's not that real First of all, i hope the listen. lgbtq community doesn't hate me anymore um do you want me to make this episode public or private because you you said that like pop crave would post it if i did it <laughs> yeah pop crave would, would post it post a snippet if you want if you want it public out there um, okay well then maybe i'll edit what do i edit maybe the right yeah, i mean i mean look now. we you know <laughs> you know we could you know i don't know i feel like I, we we got to know each other really really well and uh well not really well but we got to talk and i i don't know if people will listen i mean do, will people listen to me like, yes I don't even they feel will like people care no like, i think you know that's what, no my so listeners weird. trust my judgment and we did get somewhere and i really appreciate you coming on the show and you know um you're in the dial dan fam now and you're welcome back so this is, yeah, this no, is not for like sure. a ugh, this is like a oh okay you know what i mean oh yeah this you're is welcome my, back this is my my dip in and then i'll, I'll come back you know a fully fleshed actualized human being after my dial dan you know tony robbins oh my uh, god you put so much pressure on yourself to be a different person you don't have to reinvent <laughs> you don't have to reinvent you're okay, probably okay. good enough if not like i don't know that sucks but you're probably good enough and that's like literally all people are they're barely this feels good really enough. good because i feel like you know i feel like <laughs> has no one told you this before i feel bad for that <laughs> this, like, no, Jesus no, no i mean like <laughs> the concept of like self-value being inherent is very fast to me you know oh and it's I not for me i had to like earn it i've had like, a very decrepit horrible past, yeah. well i think i think like the going through this process with you and having it be public feels like this is like my um you know probably one of the most authentic things i've ever done <laughs> like in my whole life <laughs> like honestly like it, wow it, okay, like, i love that like so i think it's uh it, it's it's really a it's really a an opportunity for me to continue to behave this way. Cool. Yeah. No, it's great, Alex. Um, okay, so we're gonna wind things out. Um, I have to pee so fucking bad, and I have to go outside and smoke a cigarette. That's kind of my sign off. But and the Mavs, the Mavs and Clips game. I'm, I think I'm missing it right now. I don't know if we're Oh, no. Are you, have your wings arrived? Do you like blue cheese? Okay. Thank, no, but seriously, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for opening up to me, being vulnerable. Um, I really do appreciate that. And I, appre- I appreciate you giving me the, the space to, like, you took me down a fucking shamanic journey. I, didn't, I really didn't expect that coming on here. Like, I, I didn't know that I was going to be led to this aspect of um self-actualization so it's it's pretty cool well you're in the big revolving door of uh cast and crew of my show so we will talk yeah soon. and you know if anyone wants to to reach out uh i have an email on alex because i mean 
gmail.com if you want to write me a letter if you got this far uh, i hope I hope we've inspired you. I'll put your email uh, in the uh, uh, description. Yeah, yeah. Put, put my email in the description. Because um, you're not on social media. Um, no. And so there's no way to reach but out. Email. I, hope, I hope people feel like... Uh, in, I'm honestly, Dan made me speechless. <laughs> oh, stop! No, you know exactly what to say to people. I'm not falling for that shit. It was, it was, was it that deep? I can't tell. I've just had a few drinks. Uh, I, I know you're sober, so I apologize for you know throwing that in your face. But uh, you know, you have a way oh with God, words. I apologize. I have no feelings. No, I know you're oh, a great okay. guest. Thank Alex. you. Okay, yeah. no, you're a great guest. Oh, thank you, Dan. I'm really. I'm wondering I'm really when you wake up tomorrow, to how different <laughs> it'll be. I hope it's. Uh, I don't know. No, I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna feel. You're like. I'm oh yeah. Feel like, less afraid to let people know <laughs> what I like and who I am. <laughs> yeah. Good. I, I good. feel good. And I hope all the listeners. And be like, who too. cares? Like, I I like that movie. Let's the talk thing about is, that literally, movie. who like, cares? No one cares. No one cares. That's the thing is no one cares. No, and no one's out, thinking about us. And you're alone you with yourself. You're like, that no, everyone. One, no, no one cares. Shit, the internet's so fucking bad. No one cares. Okay. And... <laughs> Wait, say that one more time because the internet cut out. You said no one cares and what? I said, always remember everyone. No one cares and nobody's thinking about us. It's all in our head. Period. That is it. That is literally it. You're the only one thinking about you. And people, you, you pop into people's minds, but they're like, we've all got enough shit going on. Okay, Alex, I'm going to hit end record. Thank you so much again for coming on the show. <laughs> I think it's really, I find it to be so fascinating that like, It was different. You've been on shows. I've seen like a few YouTube clips of like you on like, you know, magician people's <laughs> and they're like blowing smoke up your ass. And I'm like, all right, that's fun, but. You know, it's a different vibe here on the Dial Dan podcast. I liked well, having you on a lot. Honestly, I can't really carry a conversation cool for two because, hours. Like, this is good. I feel like... I, I feel... <laughs> no, no, no. But, like, I think I what I found to be so fascinating was, like, you know, because we're both complete strangers in a lot of ways, like, we got to... Com- we got to... I got to learn things about myself through... Um, and being like, come on, man. And that, like, I kind of needed that. I kind of needed someone to say, come on, man, you know, and like be put in my place a little bit. And it was kind of cool because I, I, to know that it's all documented and out there is, is actually really cool because I feel like people today really receive, um, res- resonate with vulnerability like that. And yeah, I think that's, that's really I do cool. Too. I, mean, I, mean, I don't know if your audience do no, they do. They like. Is this. that what your audience likes? Uh, yeah, I think it's just like, and that's what I'm. I don't know. My kind of mo is like, I don't want to sound too podcasty. I don't want to have ads. I don't want to do any of this shit. I just want to. If I, I'm, I'm totally certain that most people are not going to like my show. It doesn't have mainstream appeal. But like the people that get it, that like the vibe, because it is also like kind of like a late night vibe, or like you. It, it doesn't have a tone that you can just like put on. It sounds like radio. It's, and that's something I'm considering that's maybe not great. But like, um, if you want to really listen, you can. If not, you can kind of tune in and out. 
um, but it's not like a bubbly kind of like, oh, I'm doing that, you know, it's just, it's, yeah, no, it was, it was really, honestly, it was very different than anything I've, it was very different than anything I've ever done. Like, I, I, I don't mean that to like toot your horn, but it was like, I've, I honestly have never been put in an arena where like the, arena, the yeah. conversation isn't based on like an interview or like an interview Q and a or topics that are calculated. It was just like, we went through like ebbs and flows of conversation. And even though I got some cool social commentary in there, it was like natural because we were just talking. It wasn't like planned, you know? That's the vibe. You get it. You get the fucking vibe. I didn't get to ask you about NoFap though, if you've ever tried it. <laughs> no, I've, I've gone maybe three days. Oh, well, I, w I went on vacation with my best friend or family and I didn't jerk off for four days. And I came back to New York and jerked off like three times a day. And I was like, oh, my God, I just have to make up for lost time. The nofap thing, that's never going to happen for me. No, that's the only thing I have. I don't go on dates. I haven't dated anyone. I just, I'm, I'm going to jerk off when I fucking want to. Are you going to go on Raya? They won't let me on. I emailed them. I had what? a friend of the pond that was like, oh, like, I, I've had, like, literally almost a dozen people, like, give me, they've suggested or, like, recommended me to be on the, the fucking app. And then... Uh, a listener DM me on Twitter and was like, oh, all you have to do is just say that, like, you got logged out, you can't log back in, and then, like, there's a logistical thing, and then they'll just create your account, and then you'll be in. It did not work for me. They're like, yeah, you're not a member. And I was like, what? So I'm not a member of Raya. It's, it, it's unfair. It's it's cruel. It's unusual. It's punishment. Well, get on. <sighs> well, you know, Alex, thanks for coming to the show. Maybe I'll see you on Raya. <laughs> and you know, you're welcome back anytime. We'll, I think we'll talk soon. I think we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, reconnect. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk soon. What are you planning to drop this? Um, probably tomorrow. Oh wow! And it's going to be on like Spotify and or iTunes tonight. and stuff. Yeah, maybe I'll. I mean, since it's been this is the longest episode I've recorded in like so long, I imagine it's a little sloppy. But like, I feel like there's no way to hide that. So, um, I think you sounded good. I don't care how people think I sounded. Uh, yeah, I was, no, you know, if you I was sipping. Just... It's Friday night in New York City. You know, I had a few hard, uh, a few hard cider. <laughs> no, it's so it's, it's super fun. cool. Like you, you know, like if 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 you like really want to go that like like to me, it feels like a home videotape. You know, yeah, like, very I just I, and I just don't. Oh, well, there's no. I mean, I guess um, Zoom does record the video. I tried turning it off and it won't let me not record it, the video. But there, I'm not going to post video. Uh, I no, no, no. I mean, I'm in just... like voyeuristic in that like it feels like you're 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 watching or you're listening to something that is that you're like it's like surveillance footage because it's so yeah. raw. Yeah. You know. And that's the so, thing is like as a Virgo, so like if my the premise is like if I'm just recording something and trying to make every moment interesting, that's one thing. If I'm like recording something under the premise of like I can chop this up and make it something else then it's like a totally different show and that show is like not something I'm interested in right now like literally at all I just am not it's it's, it's too much it's too much for me to handle I do everything by myself it's just uh, you know I don't I barely have a grasp on using the computer Alex yeah, yeah no 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 of course I I, I, I respect well I guess it should let you smoke your cigarette. I'm going to go. I got to go to the bathroom. I got to smoke my cigarette. Alex, thank you so much. Um, 
Yeah, this will be Take a free care. episode. I hope you have a great night. Long episode. I have a great night too. Let's um, you know, email me. Uh, I know you don't have um Can I send you I won't text you because your phone is a pebble, Motorola Pebble. Should should I have should I have a um should I give you a promo pick for it? I have a pick, it's a pride flag burning. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Oh, of me? No, it's uh, like the rainbow flag burning that I saw on the internet. Or it might be a picture of Snoopy. Oh, I, I um, took a picture like with um, a Sony Cybershot in the mirror. Oh, no, I don't really do that. Like, I oh, don't okay, really okay. need that. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just, the, the pic that I post is just on the Patreon app and then. Okay, cool. There's okay, no cool. real, yeah, it's not, there's not a lot of production involved in this. It's very I love this. Lo-fi. Okay. Well, I'm going to listen um, tomorrow. I hope you have a great night. Take care, man. Thank you thank so you much. Thank you so much. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. I bye hope bye. you're well. Um, bye.